Um, <clears throat> back in October, uh, Libby uh, talked about the practice of slowing and resting. And then in November, Pip talked about the practices of silence and solitude. And then last month, Libby talked to us about devotional Bible reading, walking us through the Lectio Divina, the, the divine reading in Latin, the practice of reading scripture, of meditating and praying. And this morning, we're going to look at the spiritual practice of worship. We're going to read and learn from some Bible passages that speak about worship. We're going to spend, <coughs> spend quite a lot of time looking again at the values that we hold in the Vineyard Movement about corporate worship, the practice of corporate worship, and how they influence these values influence and affect our sung worship when we gather together. And we're going to look at some practical tips and ways to develop a practice of worship in our everyday lives. That's when we're not all gathered here on a Sunday or in a small groups. <coughs> and then provided I don't waffle on too long, we'll hopefully have some time at the end just to worship together some more. In fact, I'm going to set my little timer here, so we'll do that anyway. Whether I'm waffling or not, I will stop waffling, and we'll have some time to worship, sing some more songs together. <coughs> uh, and then we just move into time of just being in God's presence, inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to minister to us. <coughs> Before I crack on, uh, if you missed Libby's talk last week on the Magi, uh, do make a point of catching up. Uh, it's available as a podcast uh, on Chelmsford Vineyard Spotify. Uh, so you just go to Spotify and pop Chelmsford Vineyard in the search bar and it should come up. And it's a good companion talk to this talk as Libby shared about how the Magi or the wise men had to search for Jesus, how they worshipped him for who he was and not what he could do for them, how their worship was sacrificial, it really cost them something, and how after they'd worshipped God, after, after they'd worshipped the baby Jesus, God clearly spoke to them. Okay, let's read some Bible together. Uh, the words uh, are going to be on the screen. Uh, it, you might have them on an app or your Bible with you. Uh, most of the readings this morning are from the New Living Translation. Um, <coughs> as you can imagine, the Bible is not short on passages and references about worship. There are hundreds and hundreds. I'm just going to do a couple. First is Psalm 100. And it says this, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I love it how the message version starts this passage with these two verses. It says, on your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. So come before him singing with joy in the first version becomes sing yourselves into his presence. Isn't that? what we do. We might be weighed down, we might be distracted, we might be confused, we might be downhearted, we might be lost, discouraged, but through praise and worship we can sing our way into his presence. And this to me speaks of the abundant generosity of God. That worship is for 
and to him. But it leads us into the precious gift of his presence with us. We sang earlier in the song, I'm not here for blessing. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. We come to worship. God owes us nothing. It's all about him. Yet when we do worship, he chooses to gift us with his peace and his presence. Another great passage about worship is found in Psalm 95. It says, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands form dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. And again, Peterson really nails it in a paraphrase with the message. He says this, Come, let's shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Let's march into his presence singing praises, lifting the rafters with our hymns. And why? Because God is the best. High King over all gods. In one hand he holds deep caves and caverns, in the other hand, he grafts high mountains. He made ocean. He owns it. His hands sculpted earth. So come, let us worship. Bow before him on your knees before God who made us. Oh yes, he is our God. And we are the people he pastures, the flock he feeds. As I read these verses like this about the character and the nature of God, I find myself lost for words as to how to expand or elaborate on them. It's crazy, even arrogant, to think that I could. Written over 350 years ago, the Westminster Confession of Faith states that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Our main purpose in life, we are created, our chief end is to worship God. In Matthew 22, verses 36, to 37, uh, a Pharisee asked Jesus this, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. This church, Chelmsford Vineyard, as we gather on Sundays, we're part of the wider global vineyard movement and the vision of vineyard churches and uh, vineyard churches UK and Ireland that we're part of is this we are a growing movement of churches built on God's transforming word who worship God with passion intimacy and expectation we're God's children empowered by his spirit extending his kingdom together everywhere in every way we will serve people, especially the poor and the vulnerable, and communicate the good news of Jesus with compassion and generosity. We'll make disciples, we'll develop leaders, plant churches, and contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ. In the Vineyard Movement, worship is our highest priority. In the first line of this vision, we say we are a growing movement of churches built on God's transforming word who worship God with passion, intimacy, and expectation. 
Worship is the first kind of doing word in that statement, the first thing that we do. Worship is not our only priority, but it is our highest. And even though I'm majoring this morning mostly on musical and sung worship, I want to stress that worship is not just the songs we sing. I think we sang earlier in one of the songs, the same song again actually about, um, I'm sorry if I've, if, I've just, if I've just sang another song, if I've just gone through the motions. Worship is not just the songs we sing, it's the lives we lead. We seek to honour and worship God in everything we do. Uh, the evangelist Billy Graham once said, the highest form of worship is the worship of unselfish Christian service. Our worship can't just be songs, but how we serve God and others. But I do think that, just like the Psalms that we've read this morning, our songs can be the best starting point to show us the bigger picture of the greatness of God. Songs of praise and worship point us towards the life, the love, the resurrection power of Jesus. They can bring us to a place where we open our eyes, where we lift up our heads to see God. They encourage us to declare, to sing, to shout out eternal truths of his love for us, his steadfastness, his faithfulness, his calling on our lives. So the songs we sing are not just words and melodies, but missional anthems for how we live our lives for him. A great example of this is the song we sing a lot, Build My Life, where we start off simply praising God for who he is. We sing worthy of every song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever bring, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could save. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. So we start off with the praise. And then we ask Jesus, we say, open up my eyes in wonder, show me who you are, fill me with your heart, and leave me in your love to those around me. And then we commit our lives again to service of King Jesus. We sing, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. There are gear changes in this song. We start with our highest priority, worshipping God solely for who he is, his greatness, his worthiness, his holiness. And then we move to engagement. We ask, open my eyes, show me, fill me, lead me. And then we make a promise, I will build my life upon your love. I will put my trust in you alone. I will not be shaken. And that's a great example of how powerful a song can be, a song that starts with the greatness of God. We worship him. We actively engage with him in song and with what he wants to do in our lives, shaping us into who he wants to be. And we commit to building our lives, everything we are and everything we do, on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. I just want to spend a few moments going through some of the key values about worship that we hold dear as a church and as a wider Vineyard movement, and for some of you who've been around CV, uh, Chelsea Vineyard, sorry, uh, CV in my notes <laughs> for a few years, uh, you might well have heard about these before. But I'm aware that not everyone has been around uh, for the same amount of time, and it's actually been quite a while since we've talked about these. And these values underpin our approach to worship. 
both in the spiritual sense in how we conduct our everyday lives and also in the practical expression of our worship through music. And these are intimacy, integrity, accessibility, passion, and kingdom expectation. Firstly, intimacy. The Bible and the Psalms in particular have many accounts of intimate worship, tender, tender love songs. As David looked after the sheep, he sang intimate love songs to the Lord. And he continued singing these songs when he became king of Israel. You probably know the story of the woman in Luke chapter 7 who worshipped intimately as she poured perfume on Jesus' feet. Luke 7.37 reads this. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table of the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing, be standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Then turning towards the woman, Jesus said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my hair with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment, with precious perfume. Jesus invites us to come and hold nothing back in our worship, to come at his feet and hold nothing back. Intimacy is one of the foundations of the Vineyard Movement. When John and Carol Wimber and others began meeting in a home way back in 1977 in California, they gathered because they were hungry to meet intimately with God. And as I've said before, intimacy uh, with God in worship is a bit like our birthmark as the vineyard. <clears throat> it's not that we're anything special. Other churches believe in intimate worship too. But it's very much our birthmark. It was there at the start and it's grown with us. And for over 40 years, vineyard worship songs around the world have been marked by simple expressions of love, devotion, and intimacy. It's so important and precious to us. And it's not about everything being slow and quiet. It's about drawing near, communing with the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Most of the songs we sing then are addressed to God. We're talking to him. We're not about necessarily about him. And these songs foster an intimate connection with God, a conversation, being with him. He is listening to us. He's listening to the words we're singing as prayers. He's speaking to us. And we're speaking and listening too. So through these intimate songs of worship, we encounter the love of the Father, the person of Jesus, and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, integrity. And integrity in this means wholeness and naturalness, a state of being undivided. A big part of integrity in worship is the truth in the songs we sing. They're rooted in the essential truths of the Bible, the sovereignty of God, his wisdom, his holiness, his grace, his mercy, his faithfulness and love. And integrity is also about being authentic in our worship, not just about the truth in the songs, but the truth in who we are, how we live our lives. In the song on broken praise, Matt Redmond sings the words, let my deeds outrun my words, let my life outweigh my songs. 
And integrity is also about being true to the life situations and the communities we sing those songs in. Yes, we celebrate, but we also mourn and we lament in our worship. And we comfort each other. God dwells amongst us no matter what. He's with us in our worship in the most fantastic times, and he's with us in our worship in the most difficult times. He's our comforter, our rock. He too grieves and hates injustice. There's a song we've sang a couple of times called Dance Again. It says, praise him when your heart is breaking, when your strength is almost gone. Sing out your song and praise him in the fire and fury. In the dark night of your soul, God is in control. Integrity in worship is about being honest in our worship. It is okay to be raw. It is okay to sing about being heartbroken, about being hurt, about being depressed. That's honesty. But also we need to face the truth that we don't worship with this honesty and integrity. God doesn't want to listen to our singing. Amos 5.23 says, Away with your hymns of praise. They are merely noise to my ears. I will not listen to your music, no matter how lovely. God doesn't want us to come to him as we think we should be or pretending to be something we're not. He wants us just to come as we are, warts and all. And if as we are is not pleasing to him, not in line with his words, then we cry out for his mercy to change us. That's all he asks for for us, to come with authenticity, who we are, and he can change us. I remember when I first, um, (coughs) in my teens, I remember coming across the song, Oh Lord, have mercy on me and heal me. It's a really old classic song. And it was, Oh Lord, have mercy on me and heal me. Oh Lord, have mercy on me and free me. Place my feet upon a rock, put a new singer on my heart. Oh Lord, have mercy on me. And <coughs> it was kind of a revelation song for me because I'd been used, I'd been part of a church set up where songs are lots about triumph and kind of claiming the victory and marching down the street and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but this was a song saying, God, I'm broken. I'm broken. And it's okay to come to God broken. Okay, thirdly, accessibility. We want everyone, anyone to be able to walk through these doors here and engage in worship. So we choose a contemporary style of music. Uh, one we hope that people can connect with. Now, I'm not saying that we're the latest sound on the streets and in the nightclubs. We're not. I'm not, at least. Um, we need to be authentic to who we are and try to be something that we're not, but we try to be accessible. And worship is not just for people who might be artistic, musical, and even mystical. Worship is for everyone, so we try to lead our worship to be accessible for as many people as possible. But we also accept that it's not going to be to everyone's taste which is one of the reasons why the wider church is so diverse in its expressions of musical worship. And if people don't like the style of music here, they can probably find a style that they do like in another church in the city. And accessibility is also about keeping things simple and uncomplicated. So um, we very rarely, as worship leaders in the team, we very rarely talk in between songs. Um, In our worship times, you've not come to listen to me telling you about what I think about the song just before or the song just we're about to do. You've come to meet with Jesus. You've come to sing your heart out to him and to hear from him. So we might be at the front 
of the gathering as we lead worship, but we very much want to be in the background when it comes to you meeting with Jesus and having time with him. We want to be like an usher at a concert or a theater. We want to welcome you uh, to point the way and then get out of the way. Okay, passion. We worship with passion. And this isn't necessarily about fast tempo and big loud song. It isn't here because we haven't got a big electric band and staging and lighting. But it is about worshiping God with energy, eagerness, and hunger for God. Having passion in our worship is about really going for it, jumping in at the deep end and giving our all. For some people, this will naturally mean expressing ourselves through physical movement. Some of you will put your hands in the air. Some of you might kneel. Some might dance. Some might lie down prostrate, as well as other expressions like just shouting, crying, and for some people even shaking as they engage with the Lord. And that's all good, healthy, and welcome here. Also, I want to say about passion, learning new songs um, is part of being who we are at Chelsea Vineyard. And I, I, we, I want you to be okay with that. Um, it's not always easy. Uh, but the worship's team, our job isn't to kind of satisfy you as a consumer and make you comfortable by giving you songs that you want all the time. Um, Jesus is not about um, making us comfortable. Um, but our role is to seek to lead you into the presence of Jesus, a place where you can meet with him and where your passion for Jesus grows deeper and deeper. And often we find new songs and fresh expressions of eternal truths of worship will help make this happen. So recently, in the last few months, we've introduced a song, Thin Place, and You Have Our Yes. Um, fantastic songs of just coming into the presence of Jesus and songs of passion as well. And we're always on the lookout for new and different ways to express our passion for God to take us deeper. So I really want to encourage you to worship Jesus passionately, to give yourself completely to engage in worship as part of the body of this church. Encourage you to come ready and prepared each week to worship passionately, to give yourself plenty of time to get here that little bit early, to take a few moments to prepare yourself so that you're ready to go for it without delay or distraction right from the first note. Okay, our fifth value final value is kingdom expectation. God is present in our worship and we love his presence. So many of the songs and expressions of gratitude for his presence amongst us, like pour it out, I love your presence. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We expect the presence of God to be here when we come to worship. And the Bible tells us time and time again that God inhabits the praises of his people. You see, we can sing accessible, contemporary, intimate songs with authentic integrity and genuine heartfelt passion. God loves that. But there is much, much more. More that he wants for us. He wants to come and dwell amongst us. He wants to meet with us. So we come, we come weak, with the expectancy of meeting with God himself. Our half hour or so of sung worship is not just one-way traffic. Our worship times are relational and dynamic. God is always doing something. He's always at work. He's always active with us in those moments. His kingdom, the kingdom of God, is breaking through in our lives as we worship.
People might come to our gatherings, small group Sundays, feel his presence and don't know what it is. And for them, it's a new supernatural and spiritual experience that they don't know how to describe. And that is the kingdom of God. I've known so many people over the years who've become Christians through a process of coming to worship services and just experiencing the presence of God. and They're being touched by his Holy Spirit and in, in, in sung worship. And they say, I want more of this. That was the story of my brother. He came along to Southern Vineyard um, at a time in his life when he was not in a great state. And he just came, he connected with the music, and he just felt the presence of God. Um, and at a point when, as far as I was concerned, he hadn't yet become a Christian. I was leading worship at an event, and there he was at the end, hands in the air and stuff. And he was going for it, and, uh, and he'd come to know Jesus. And that's why we have time for what God is saying, space for what he's doing when we worship. And kingdom expectation is also about being empowered for mission. In the song, You Have Our Yes, we sing, Our joy is to walk beside Jesus, our Savior, to love those who hate us, embracing our neighbors, to lay down our lives for the poor and the needy. The cross is our call and our only allegiance to Jesus, our Lord. Kingdom expectation is about being empowered for mission. And Matt Redman once wrote a song called Mission's Flame. You probably haven't heard it. It was the end of an album somewhere. Um, <clears throat> but the lyrics are this. It's let worship be the fuel for mission's flame. We're going with a passion for your name. We're going for we care about your praise. Send us out. Let worship be the heart of mission's aim to see the nations recognize your fame until every tribe and tongue voices your praise. Send us out. You should be the praise of every tongue. You should be the joy of every heart. But until the fullness of your kingdom comes, until that final revelation dawns, send us out. When I first heard this song, this is an interesting lyric. It's not a song that is saying, Jesus, you are the praise of every tongue. Jesus, you are the joy of every heart. It's actually an uncomfortable but very honest chorus. It's saying, you should be the praise of every tongue. You should be the joy of every heart. There's a frustration. It's actually not a very popular worship song. It's not sung a lot because you know it's saying, Jesus, you're not the praise of every tongue. Jesus, you're not the praise of every heart. But until the fullness of your kingdom comes, until your kingdom comes completely in its fullness, until that final revelation dawns, send us out. Send us out. So we can tell people about you. So that your name can be the praise of every tongue. So that your name can be the joy of every heart. So kingdom expectation is about expecting the kingdom of God and the presence of God to come amongst us as we worship. But it's also about him empowering us for mission. Okay, I've spoken a lot about uh, our corporate spiritual practice of worship and the values that underpin our worship. And just before we worship together some more, I want to spend some time talking about how we can cultivate the spiritual practice of worship when we're not meeting together, either here on Sunday or in small groups in the week. And firstly, I haven't talked about music. I just want to say the first thing to encourage you uh, at home, uh, when you're on your own, 
or with families, just to be still in worship. Be still. You don't have to have a great singing voice or play a musical instrument. Just coming before God in quiet and stillness, giving him your time, pouring out your heart, telling him that you love him, praising him for who he is and thanking him for all he has done. That is worship. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Secondly, just to use the Bible uh, in your personal worship at home. The Bible is a great place to go to find the words to express our worship to God. And especially this is so in the Psalms. And the Psalms, if you have a Bible, they're very easy to find. You open it up and there you are right in the middle are the Psalms. The book of Psalms is basically a songbook. Many of the Psalms uh, we see that we that were the, the many sorry, many of the Psalms were in fact the worship songs of their day. They're a record of the worship songs of their day, and they express a wide variety of emotions, from our deepest feelings of sorrow and lament to the highest praise to God and the thankfulness for His love for us. The Psalms tell the story, painting pictures in poems and songs of God's character, His provision, His covenant with His people, and His saving mercy over the centuries. In your spiritual practice of worship, be still. Wait on God and dig deep into his word. And I can't think of a better place to start there than the Psalms. And finally, to encourage you at home uh, to worship God with music. Um, let music not be the only, let musical worship not only just be on Sunday mornings or in small group for you. Uh, and today we have so many resources online. Um, vineyardworship.com is a great place to go to. Um, and you probably know every Thursday, sometimes late on a Thursday, but it's always done by Friday morning, we put out the, the set list on Spotify of the songs we're going to be doing the next Sunday. And we do that because we want you guys just to kind of have a heads up with the songs, to get playing them at home. So you're kind of coming on a Sunday morning. And if, if we're doing new songs or songs that are a bit less familiar, you can get familiar with those, but just so you can come and get ready to worship. Uh, you don't have to have a great singing voice or play an instrument to worship God, but he loves it if you try. It doesn't matter to him if you're totally out of time, off key, and you hit bum note after bum note. Music just does something in us as we worship. I know in our house, when we've got our Alexas on playing worship music, um, you know, just it's quiet. The house is quiet. Let's stick some worship music on it. It just changes the atmosphere. It just makes it a place to where we just find we're worshiping. Okay. Let's worship some more. Yeah? Should we stand? <laughs>